0: Welcome to the Pleasance Podcast.
1: I'm your host, Paul K. Lawton. And I'm James R. Lindsay. And we sound a little tired because we just recorded this introduction and then uh, my mic, I blew out the mic.
0: Yeah, but we fucked up all kinds of ways <laughs> the first time.
1: So this is take two, uh, which is fine. Yeah. we You know, I used to do uh, campus community radio and there was a big thing that when you learned how to do campus community radio and it was... Don't admit or talk about your mistakes. I always <laughs> wondered about that because feels like that's instructive it's for other true. people to listen. So if you're thinking about starting a record label or a band or a podcast, we are very skilled at the things you shouldn't do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's all we do is admit our mistakes <laughs> on this podcast.
1: So... Off the top, you heard something from the new Goosebump record.
0: Heather's Invitation. Which
1: is their debut. Uh, for a while, we, we we were working with them when they were called germophobes. They've switched that name. Oh, I they was working called, with them before that. It's gay. Even? They were called gay before. And now it's Germaphobe. It's uh, Goosebump now. Goose, now it's Goosebump. Yes. Uh, and they have that record coming out in July. Yes. And it is one of eight new releases that Pleasance is launching
0: 800 official this quarter. yeah just this quarter
1: do you remember James roughly like last fall you and I made a game plan of how, what our release cycle was going to look like I believe we wanted it tight like one LP two tapes per quarter yeah and so we took that plan, and what we did instead was... Just jam it all into the summer. 700 new LPs in the summer, mm-hmm. and maybe nothing else this yep. year. We'll
0: see. <laughs> I remember like just doing a couple
1: tapes at the beginning of this year. Oh, to go back to that, Paul,
0: that
2: yeah, leisurely
1: few weeks I had. But there. every band wants their stuff out in the summer, because Makes that's sense. when they have time to tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the number one rule, if you're a struggle band... Uh, is don't tour in the summer. Paul hates touring in the summer. Don't do it. It's not going to work. No one's going to come to your show. There's a million festivals that are coming, and there's all the shows happening every day, and people have to choose between staying outside and going to a smelly rock club or I a would, basement. I would go to the basement
0: myself. but what? What about Europe? <clears throat> Real question. What about Europe?
1: I think that you only really tour in the spring and the fall, and that is inclusive of every That's
0: international, eh?
1: You wanna get students when they're ripe with money. Yeah. When they're coming back to school and they feel rich. You nail it right after the student loans hit and they've already spent their bank or they spent spent all their money on their on their books and their new rent and all their food and their stock their fridge. And before the first wave of final or of like midterms yeah. starts hitting. There's a sweet spot, kind of like late September, still
0: party time,
1: still party time, and they have money. Yeah, and they'll go to your show and they'll they will buy the worst merch you have on your table
0: <laughs> or the best.
1: And if you go in the summer and you play to a guy wearing a tank top and he hasn't worn deodorant in six months yeah. and he really wants to talk to you a lot.
0: Okay, but question <laughs> question. What about somewhere in the Southern Hemisphere, like Australia, where
1: winters are summers and water goes the other way down the toilet? I'm not going to pertain to know when to or if you should tour Australia. I've heard it's nice. Yeah. uh, Very expensive to get to and thus impossible to turn a profit. I mean, if I'm worried about turning a profit when I go out and play Victoria because it's two hundred dollars on the ferry. What about Victoria, Australia? That's exactly my point. Like oh, I man. don't I actually know. Like I'm not doing that until I'm like famous. Uh, let's you know. Let's say you're reading uh, Adam White from Punk News um, and his Canadian rock newsletter. Some great. party? Yeah. it's
0: like a, a news blast of music for the week.
1: Uh, it's the only way that I can possibly keep up with anything that's actually happening in Canada, and that's I true. actually learn an incredible amount. So I definitely recommend it if you're interested in ca- Canadian indegra- underground independent music. That is the spot. That's the new what. It sounds like we're doing a plug right now, but we're not.
0: It's it's great. It's just a, no. I am like like I leg-
1: I legitimately love some party. It's yeah. very like the one thing that I look forward to. I'm getting old. There's so many bands. I have no idea. And also, uh, they mention Pleasants. Uh, Adam mentions Pleasants at least once a week because we've got a million things happening right, right now. That's right. He has to. So we've got the Goosebump, Goosebump. LP. Goose Goosebump by Goosebump. By Goosebump. We have announced uh, in the last week uh, the day you debu- know, the new album from Isla Craig. Yes, not the debut. She's
0: incredible. Somebody who's played, she's played with U.S. Girls. She currently plays with Jennifer Castle. Yes, uh, it's a a beautiful album. I have to admit, when you said you know we had a plan last year, this was a late arrival, but I couldn't say no. Yeah, to you it. can't
1: say no to Isla Craig. It's a really great record. It was and incredible.
0: I was I was honored that we were offered it, so we jumped on it. Absolutely. And a new surprise EP from Traders who are go- or not Traders, sorry, Wim, Wim who are See go- you can't even keep it straight. That's a, a problem. <laughs> a surprise EP from Wim who are going over to Europe on their first tour there.
1: And in support of the record that we barely is like it's it's barely a minute old the mm-hmm. Wim LP which is in its fantastic Astra Jar. It's the mm-hmm. first record we collaborated on. It's true.
0: It's true. And um, they were so I remember after that talking with them they said they needed to go in a new direction and they were feeling a little frustrated with the music and hearing this new EP they take all kinds of bold chances on it there's drum machine there's some ambient tr- instrumental tracks it's it's great it's great to see them making great sounds music. like a party yeah it's a party
1: <laughs> and a mopey party we also have a the new LP from Traitors, that's coming which i'm quite taken with it's really The good. new LP Butcher's Coin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Get it uh, while you can. I don't know how many copies we're going to have left of it. Based. It's actually, uh, well, we've been talking about this. Like, of all of the new releases that we've worked on together, Traders is, like, lighting up the boards Yeah, in a way, actually, that I haven't, I'm actually not surprised by it because I know Traders are very good, but they're, like, lighting it up. Yeah. Like, they're doing, v- it's, it's, it's doing very well for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. So yep. we're going to get our Lambos soon. Yep. That's all that matters,
0: and you can see all of these bands at our uh, Canadian Music Week showcase with our friends Mint Records.
1: This is in roughly uh, on May eleventh, so that should be like in the next week. Yep. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, starting at five p.m. at the Garrison mm-hmm. in downtown, lovely downtown Toronto, Dundas West. Yep, and we see a bunch of great
0: Pleasance bands. All the ones we just mentioned. Uh, our friends Tough Age and Heaven for Real will be there.
1: Yes, great band from Montreal called Mondays Bay.
0: It's going to be so a thing.
1: So we got lots of plugs, lots of good stuff's coming out. We're bringing out the young Jay Blissett for his first oh. Toronto show, yeah. backed by the Goosebump yeah. lads. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, special sax appearance by Alexander Hamlin. Not to spoil that Ooh. surprise. Going to play the sax in uh, the hit single. Uh, a Series of Observations. A Series of Observations. Love that sax solo. Yes. So all that's happening. Uh, We were also rolling in. This is episode numero six. Yeah, we did it. Pleasant's Record Podcast. We're cooking. Yeah, we've got some feedback that I think is worth addressing.
0: I'd like to make a correction first. Last week, correction. (laughs) Last last episode, I referred to uh, uh, Burger Records imprint as Hot Dog Records. Incorrect. It is Wiener Bell. Wiener Bell, Wiener, Wiener, Bell. Re- Wiener Records. Thank you to
1: Annabelle for that helping me make that correction there. From you healing. know, uh, it's important that our our listeners keep us accountable. It's true. We talk a lot of shit. Yeah, uh, we're not journalists. Either. We're not journalists. No, well, not even I, close. The last couple of episodes that we have put out, which is with uh, you know two music writers, and last week we had Tom Avis, mm-hmm. uh, who is a music publicist mm-hmm. and the 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 observation which i think is astute is guess what there is we're, we're not really getting any clear answers and i think that the reason for that is because where there are no clear answers there are no clear answers but yeah and i tried to write i wrote that back in response mm-hmm. that it's because you know the my generous reading of that is that there are no clear answers. I think there are answers on how this stuff works at another level. But the level at which we operate, I don't know if we have access to the people that are going to open up behind the curtains or whatever. And like, I, I think that I'm finding it valuable from a therapeutic yes. value to kind of maybe feel like um, that I'm not crazy. Yeah. That there is no secret formula. And, that and maybe that
0: it's not a conspiracy either, right? Like yeah. Maybe it's not a bunch of people pulling the strings behind the curtain that we're not seeing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if that, like, bear with us, because I'm as anxious to uncover the truth, yeah. as it were. But anyways, uh, so our next guest is here. Oh, great. Uh, and uh, let's talk about a little bit about that. We have uh, paper, bag records. paper bag records coming in. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about to Brooke and Noah from Paper Bag about being kind of one of the more successful major indies, sure. And kind of surely just like they
0: will have the answer. Doing yeah, if anyone's
1: going to have the answer, they're going to have the answer. It's these successful label runners in Paper Bag. I just saw them pull up in a gold-plated limousine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, we're going to let's listen to that new uh, Isla Craig oh, single, yeah. the Becoming. Uh, Which premiered this week on a few... Pop uh, Matters. Pop Matters. So, and, yeah, great. Please introduce yourselves. Welcome, guys.
3: Thank you. Uh, I'm Brooke Morgan. I'm the label director at Paper Bag Records,
4: and I am Noah Freilich. I am a project manager and marketing manager at Paper Bag Records. Great. Right off the bat, what are, what are your titles in title? <laughs> That's a I, great <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's unclear. We we're a very small business. Yeah, it's the two of us and uh, essentially two others and a publicist on retainer and like, you know, teams and networks internationally. But uh, we don't, yeah, like, the title doesn't, uh, we do a little bit of everything, I'd say. Like, Brooke oversees everything.
1: So you guys are, like, basically small enough where you can't really specialize to a point and you guys all kind of pitch in, or do you guys have, like, a clear, like every day you do certain amounts of things or are you guys kind of like all throwing in on whatever needs to get done?
3: I think we're definitely all throwing in. There's certain things that are cut out, like uh, Brianna that works with us, she does pretty much all of the production, so vinyl and CDs, and th- that should be streamlined because there's so many details associated with it that if you split it up too much, it gets a little bit crazy and things get missed. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a collaborative effort on all fronts
4: yeah it's interesting like I in talking to friends that work at other like quote-unquote indies or majors in Canada who have been at a like smaller indie label they you know always talk about like yeah I just at this new job like I just gotta stay in my lane because people get really territorial whereas at Paper Bag like for better or for worse we do a little bit of everything and like no one day is as like the same as the one before it. And that's like fun and also extremely challenging and kind of overwhelming at times or like right, right. deflating at others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. We're not great with lanes. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're all <laughs> over terrible the drivers. Yeah. We well it
1: sounds like you can't even afford the
0: lane. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> exactly.
3: yeah. So how do you, how
1: long has paper bag been an entity for?
3: Uh it's been sixteen years now. Oh, sixteen, wow. Yeah. So I've been there for six now and almost three, three for now? three, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, so it, it's basically been established as its own entity now that you guys like it's a kind of like a, a a label that exists outside of individuals like whereas like if James was to walk away from Pleasance, it would just stop. <laughs> so it's it got to that point where it's like it it, it was it, it, it's a business that kind of sustains itself year after year. Um, how many projects are you guys putting into market this year?
3: This year I mean there's still some to be determined mm-hmm. but I th- think we could end up with 10. We usually aim for on a normal year anywhere between 8 and 12. Okay. 12 being my nightmare. Yes. Um but it happens yeah, sometimes. Yeah, my
1: my nightmare as well. <laughs> yeah, We're about yeah. half of that, and it's still in there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a lot of work.
3: And it all depends on the scale of the projects, right? Like, yeah. you know, we have everything from, like, last year we signed four brand-new artists that took a lot of development, and that's a lot of
1: sure. effort yes. on
3: one side. But then on the flip side, you've got established artists like Born Ruffians mm-hmm. and the Royal Alberta Advantage that take a whole other level of effort. So, sure, yeah, it's finding a good mix of the two hopefully. you guys have an
0: amazing sort of heritage <coughs> roster in that sense Thank as you. well paper bags like from uh, even the deers sam roberts yeah. there's so many like established canadian artists that have been around for a while that were probably on other labels for a time and yep now have found a home mm-hmm. here was that like a calculated move on the part of paper bag or you just sort of like become this nesting place
3: um, I mean, there's some of the artists like the Real Alberta Advantage and Born Ruffians, like we've been working with them for many, many albums. And that's long longstanding. Uh, the Deers is an interesting one. So Trevor Larocque, who owns the label, I think that one kind of came full circle for him because he was interested in the Deers way back when, when the label first started. And now he finally got the opportunity to work with them. And so it's, you know, it. It, it just has become an interesting place for opportunity like that, especially with Paper Bag Vintage, which is something Noah largely hold, uh, yeah, runs. And, and Paper
1: Bag Vintage, like you've reissued the first few like dearest things. Yeah,
4: yeah. The goal of the imprint is it's a physical-only, like vinyl-only label uh-huh. that's focused on reissuing or pressing for the first time Canadian records that have never been pressed or have been out of print for a long time.
1: For sure. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how is that going? Like, so okay, so like you're you're working with established artists that are still putting out records from time to time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you're you're trying to break new you, you new artists. Yeah. And then now there's also this like legacy mm-hmm. imprint of like reissuing out of print. Yeah. Vinyl and things like that. Of the three, which is actually the most economically sustainable for the label Mm -hmm. that's the question That's the question. yeah (laughs) Yeah. what you know and and we're actually saying this like we were saying this uh and in some context to the framing of that question is Mm -hmm. like we see this this uh exercise uh, of this podcast as like therapy for kind of struggling label struggle labels like ourselves which is like We're self-sustained. We, we don't have access to to funding. We're just, like, doing this out of our own kind of sheer, blunt, pure force. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we're trying to, like, almost exclusively break new bands because we, you know, what happens is they get bigger and then they go to, like, uh, maybe they would graduate to a, a paper bag type label mm-hmm. with a little more of a, like, a team that could sustain that kind of, like, next level development where we just you know we're doing everything we can to like build and build mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. we are finding that the building part is brutal right now. Oh my totally. god. Totally. Yeah.
3: We are too. Like it's harder than ever. Yeah, and that's really like to answer your question about what's working economically, well mm-hmm. none of it. Like None of it <laughs> at all, hey. It is, yeah. but it's it's a fine line of trying to figure out like what I was saying about eight to 12 records a year. It's all about kind of the cash flow of, you know, we have a couple of those artists that we're trying to break. And then a couple of the established ones that we know we're putting a lot of money out on, but we will see the return. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, vintage is, is a funny one because you can only make the margins so high on vinyl. And I know you guys have talked about that a bit in the sure. past. Yeah. 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 But it's, yeah it's a lot of labor that still goes into the process of getting those made and getting new artwork done and all -hmm. of that so it's a fine balance and we're seeing the struggle with breaking new bands as well but hoping that you know the investment we're making now will pay off two records down the line
1: well and i also kind of wonder if no one is working on that then what the next 10 years is going to be if no one has focused on like Development, yeah, and that's does it just all go away? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Like,
3: well, I mean, that's exactly why we ended up signing four brand new artists last year. Is we had seen uh, a lack of that in our peers in Toronto, in particular. It's just everyone was kind of banking on, okay, I'll sign a band that's already established to a certain point, yes, and run with it from there. And you just can't sustain the music industry on that, and it it's hard, but. I I think we took some good chances and hopefully they'll pay off.
1: Right. So of those four types like the the emerging artists that you um like what was your process for like how does like a a a, a brand new artist find their way to your doorstep? Like what's your
4: process. Yeah, it's a good it, it's a good <laughs> question because I, a lot of artists ask that, and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just totally randomly. It's a hard, address to find.
1: Before you answer, mm-hmm. we were just talking about like the main critique of the podcast so far is like yeah. we ask questions like that, and people are like, "Well, you know, it's not <laughs> really clear cut," yeah. and people like just give us, like, just give us the damn answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like
4: what yeah. do you need to do? Well, you know what I think it is. It's it's always it goes back to like why any of us find anything in music cool. And it's always based on like the idea of the creative output and how you hear about it. And when I think about what we, you know, what we've signed in the last uh, few years since I've worked at the label or even like what I've come to love musically, it's usually through like word of mouth, somebody Mm -hmm. that whose taste you respect tells you about something and you're like, it seems double as cool because the source of that. Is somebody do you think is cool and so um, really like we never in my time and maybe Brooke could correct me like we've never signed like a cold call artist that has like sent us their SoundCloud or something right yeah. Yeah. yeah but if there's somebody who's affiliated with the label or part of our team that's like I think you would really like this we always listen to it sure yeah.
1: so it's mm-hmm. still like a a closed network if you will yeah in a way yeah. like it's. I mean, like, w- if we were c- were to be transparent, I think it's no different for us. No, we only there's yeah. only
0: one cold call signing we've ever done, which turned out really well. But yeah, yeah, yeah but you sent me yeah. a
1: SoundCloud today of someone of uh, I'm not I won't name who was who, recommended who was recommended and what you were recommending. But I was like, yeah, like no way, you know, we're not gonna do. This. Yeah, 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 like it's so hard. Yeah, band, it's so but. hard, and, and yeah. it,
4: I think you also want to know that at some point, like it's gone through a uh, like an even like amateur level of vetting that maybe there's a manager or like there's a bit of a team or an ambition or a vision in place Mm -hmm. and because there's so much great music out there and like i'm sure we can get into this but like the the volume of output right now is insane and like you can't possibly compete with that so you want to know and this is a lesson we really learned on the four signings last year is like you want to know that there's more than just like two or three people that are devoting their workday to this project out there as well, devoting their workday to it.
1: Sure. Sure. So that,
4: that, like that to us is really important. So when it comes from other people who we like, it's yeah, it's easier well, to jump on board.
3: And it's crazy. Like our publicist, Daryl Weeks and I were talking today cause we were just, you know, trading playlists of what we're listening to right now. And, He's like it's crazy that, you know, between our team, we could probably all trade playlists for what we listened to last month and all have very different things mm-hmm. on it even though we're all in the same environment and right, right. you know, seeing the same things on Facebook and reading the same blogs and whatever it may be, we're still there's so much output that we're all latching on to different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So if if you do get that informal uh, hey, check out this band they're hot, mm-hmm. you know, people are digging them, get on the train now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your process then? Are you guys like have a committee or is it like you, Brooke, you go, yeah. you know what? I, I'm gonna just do this because I there's something here and you guys are gonna have to trust me or mm-hmm. is it like more committee? Like how much vetting do you guys actually do at that point?
3: It's usually a process, I mean, lately anyway, of one of us, you know, we, we work through Slack quite a bit Mm-hmm. or work maybe joke and gossip more so than anything else. <laughs> but, you know, we throw a link in there and be like, hey, I'm really into this. Like, I got it from so-and-so or they're playing here or what have you. Like, give a little right, bit of right. context and see if anyone latches on to it. Right. I think we usually want someone else on the yeah. team.
4: You want to know you're you on to something, too. Like, yeah. And I will be the first to admit, like, I don't think A&R is, like, a strong skill of mine. I think I can be pretty, like, particular about what I like. Sure. And I can't often see like i'm not really connecting with this but i could see it working here here and here and i think this other person we work with would like it like and so yeah i don't think i'm very good at it but um yeah you kind of want to know that somebody if you do go to bat for it they've got your back yeah yeah
3: Mm -hmm. and in most scenarios i think once we've heard something we want to try and see it live because that is such an important part of it and Obviously, that's why there is an advantage to some Toronto bands, too, because there's more opportunities yeah, to see absolutely. them live. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, can I, can um, I be vulnerable for a second of here? Of course. And I usually cut these out, mm-hmm. and I got accused of I'll that. keep it in. Man. Tom <laughs> called me on this last <laughs> time. like, you take out all your, like, shitty... Cause I've been playing music and yeah. whatever yeah. for, like, all my life, yeah. and I'm turning 40 this year mm-hmm. and probably 10 years ago i definitely sent trevor an email Did
3: you? when <laughs> i lived in
1: alberta like check out my band i'm friends <laughs> with paul solner you know you yeah. you know you want like like i'm doing all this stuff and whatever and this is like nothing you don't get an email back and that's fine because you never get an email sure, back. Yeah. but there but i mean from me being at west and that's where a lot of my thing in this podcast is, is informed from which mm-hmm. is like sometimes I feel like an alien to this world where, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you could just go to any club tonight, any night of the week, and there's amazing bands playing. And if you would not have to search that hard to sign any of them, which I actually think is like a problem that's been a key part of my critique, not of you guys, but like of the system in general, is that because of the power concentration in Toronto, of course, Mm -hmm. it actually deprivileges like, almost everyone else outside of the city except for maybe montreal but montreal to the degree that you're connected with people in toronto and then vancouver and vancouver to the degree maybe that you have like a mint that takes care of their own community but they're not necessarily yeah you know like uh that same band did a record on mint you know what i mean like down the road but that was pretty rare for them and it's actually
4: something we talk about a lot because we don't want our roster to be just like easy toronto yeah. pickups yeah. you know and so like that is the, i i would say in like to add to brooks thing about us talking in, over slack about certain bands like so if somebody's like oh they're from winnipeg we're like oh we don't have a winnipeg band that's kind of yeah. neat yeah. and yeah, so then like that then yeah, it's like yeah. boom that goes like up 10 yeah, points or sure, whatever yeah. so we do we are trying more and more to be like we need a bit more of this or less of that or mm-hmm. whatever sure because you don't want to any just like any label should be pretty clear in how they like try to curate their roster,
3: yeah. It's like you don't want to make it a token, like oh, we got a Winnipeg band, yeah. But it's like it is, <laughs> but something it's kind of cool.
4: You're like, yeah. oh, shit, we don't have like, yeah.
1: Like, I lived in Winnipeg <laughs> for most of my teenage years, and we just had a pitch from a band from Winnipeg, and I, I know what you mean, yeah, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. Let's check this out, like, I and I'm taking it that much more seriously. We just put out a uh, album from a guy, a kid out of Lethbridge, Jay oh, Blissett. Nice.
0: Well, the first thing you did was add to Calgary or Alberta bands. Oh, really? We're doing yeah. a record from a <laughs> Calgary
1: band just because I think that, like, let's spread the wealth. And I also know from being out west that the things that people care about in Toronto, it's just non-existent anywhere else in the country totally. yeah. in some yeah. ways. It's a yeah, bubble.
4: and it's, I don't know, because my idea, because I also have, like, kind of, my being in the music business was all function like being in bands and stuff, sure. and so yeah, my yeah. like metric is how many bodies are in the room and like what is because yeah. that's the only thing you can see yeah. as an artist yeah. you can't yeah. you can see this like fictional number of like myspace plays or like spotify <laughs> plays like however you want to measure it but that means nothing it's abstract but the people that come to your show and are watching you play that's like real yeah and yeah so, absolutely and, like yeah. that's that yeah. whole culture I think it's changing. Where we're seeing a lot of like younger bands that are in their like early twenties that we're talking to, where they're kind of like we don't really need to tour anymore, or like they, like that whole idea is cut <laughs> out of their idea of what it is to be yeah. a musician. That's they, a hard thing for a label to it's hear. It's so too. hard to hear. Oh, yeah. We don't sign bands that won't tour. Like no. that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, because I get it, it, it keeps too. the promotion going after the album. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally
0: get mm-hmm. it. Like, it, it's grueling. Yeah. People come yeah. back, you know, we've had bands come back just beaten from the road. We uh-huh. go, I don't think I can do that. again.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, I have to be like, please? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe yes. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. But then on the flip side of it, too, like, I went out to Winnipeg a few years ago and met a bunch of bands who are all like, yeah, we can sell out, you know, this level of venue here and, like, we're big here. I'm like, okay, but, like, you do need to come to Toronto. Like, that is amazing that you're doing that here, but you need to bring it elsewhere because there's so few opportunities for the industry to come to you. So
1: Toronto is uh, the concentration of the music media, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, national music media and also i think like the, the local music media well that doesn't necessarily necessarily exist anymore <laughs> but, yeah. but okay so yeah. like the national music media yeah. to the degree that it exists is still here a lot of writers here really. you know <laughs> yeah uh you know and so as the net result of that is like you know uh y- you know, there was a time when you play a show at uh the garrison and it would go across the Country on Exclaim, and it would be as yeah. if, like, mm-hmm. oh wow, that, I wish I was at that show, or this totally. sounds cool, I'm gonna check that out, or whatever. It just doesn't happen as much as it maybe did. No, World those Play days are gone, else. those yeah. days are gone. And I, I yeah. do
4: think that's a function largely of the changing culture due to streaming and the ways that, like those younger bands we're talking about that don't want to tour anymore. When you talk to somebody that's 18, 19, 20 years old about where they're finding music it's on a discovery playlist it's on mm-hmm. like an apple music for you recommended playlist like it whereas when i was 20 i was like sc- like just going like i was rabid for music blogs trying to fly. Sure, yeah. Yeah. things and that yeah. people don't Absolutely. put that effort in it anymore and i think that's why largely the like press apparatus is so complicated and so like arguably meaningless in a lot of ways. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because oh. it doesn't push things, yeah. but you still right. need it. It's yeah. a part it's a part of everything. But mm-hmm. like now it's to run a successful campaign, it's like a sum of all parts. It's not just it, like one pitchfork review won't move the needle. No. But that'll help you.
1: But it did and at one point. It, oh totally. It, like, yeah. Yeah. Anymore, I don't know, not necessarily. I don't
3: they're not yeah. They're not the tastemakers anymore, unfortunately.
1: Sure. Mm -hmm. Or,
3: I mean, maybe not, unfortunately. But it's just, you can't rely on a review to sell records. It doesn't translate. But then, uh, to Noah's point as well, it's like, okay, people are discovering bands on playlists, but they're discovering one song. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. conversion rate of people going on and being like, okay, I'm going to go listen to that full album. Or Uh, see the band.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Buy a record. record. Well,
1: okay, so I want to talk about that for a sec, because... Like I keep hearing the playlist argument being made. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, our digital distributor that we work with makes that argument to us. We've got to focus on getting these tracks on playlists Mm -hmm. to get that one song on there. And I'm like, show me the person who spends all their time just randomly consuming music playlists. Does Mm -hmm. that even happen? Because that's the theory of what happens. It it does. does. Really? That's where
4: I think all four of us are limited in thinking about yeah, what your fair not... weather fan is, like <laughs> yeah. how they're interacting yeah. with I want to
1: listen to New Indie Garage Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and there's 7,000 yeah, songs there's on that playlist? That. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why is this playlist so long? Who's even... How I couldn't even get through I four know. minutes of this <laughs> yeah. before I'm bored <laughs> and I go back to my own playlist.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, so we had an interesting uh, experience with one of our signings from last year, Jonathan Kochuk, and okay. he just makes like beautiful very, like, ambient, like, neoclassical, kind of, like, Max Richter, uh, Johan Johansson, like, that kind of thing. And admittedly, had, you know, it was a a challenging record for Mm -hmm. us to push because it's not something you're going to hear on the radio or, Mm -hmm. like, even we serviced it to campus and community radio, it did okay, but it got added to, like, a deep Deep focus focus. playlist on Spotify. Within three weeks, he had, like, over a million streams of this song. Had more monthly listeners than, like, Born Ruffians in the Real Alberta Advantage, like yeah. our biggest streaming artists, and it was because of one playlist where somebody would click the top. They'd probably leave it on for their entire workday, yeah. and they'd go through mm-hmm. those like seven thousand songs. Okay,
0: I love the name of that playlist too. It sounds like you should like pop an Adderall or yeah, something. exactly. <laughs> That's you the know thing exactly. I actually have he got a lot to of kids focus, like A pluses on. His band. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So
1: let me ask you this then: How did you get that song on the Deep Focus playlist?
3: So I mean, this is part of Noah's job, is. You know, we we do take regular meetings with the streaming services, because in Canada, we go direct okay. um, with them. So it is largely on us <laughs> yeah. to do that. But
1: So you're having to talk to Spotify and say, "Yeah, this yeah. is great, it would be perfect for this kind of playlist? We can or? suggest
4: it, but we've learned that... Um, We're
3: not the curators. We don't curate.
4: Yeah, no. so we can be like, here's like the five best playlist targets we think this could work on. I think sometimes Spotify's happy to feel like, oh, cool, that makes it easy. I understand what it is. You're pitching me, and let's just see what happens. But it is often a let's just see what happens thing. Like, we have a good relationship with Spotify, with Apple Music, and that, to us, is kind of like the... The only thing you control, you can control. And these
1: are like Canadian. Like, and forgive me for not knowing this mm-hmm. because we've only we sure. only go through inter-mediators. We've tried to go through Spotify, but I think we're. <laughs> I tried to get a meeting. We did not tried to get a meeting. That's fine. We'll talk after. But did not get responded. <laughs> so it, they, like those Spotify and, and Apple Music like employ Canadian. Oh yeah, there's playlist creators mm-hmm. that yep. kind
3: of thing. Yeah, there's yep. there's
4: that's a
1: job Editors I could have. It. Totally, man. Yeah. I'm in the wrong.
3: I think you we need to get
1: you in there, James. I think it's
3: a process of eight interviews to get in there. But really? Oh yeah. And what
1: do you have to know in that? Like check out, well, I've got like eight playlists. That it I'm gonna is interesting. for you. So
4: yeah. we <laughs> like we actually made it to the holy grail yeah. of uh, oh my God. meetings. And we got into the Spotify New York headquarters and yeah. had a couple wow. meetings. It was like the Wizard right. of Oz. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Oh, and wow. it felt okay. like it. It was crazy yeah. in that office. It was pretty Oh, yeah. Interesting. Kombucha
3: it was cool. on tap. Yeah. Like it was real kombucha deal. on tap. Yeah, cold brew on tap. Oh. It would, it and what was, was that store. like?
1: What are the people at Spotify saying to a label well, uh, of where you guys are so at? This like, what, is, is, what are this you hearing is what from This is w-
4: what I took away from it. Mm-hmm. Everybody that we talked to was super young. And you're kind of just like, how? Okay, so this, like global indie editor, what could they possibly know? But you start talking about music, and it's like an encyclopedic knowledge of indie music. It's insane. Right, oh, yeah! Right, and right. so it was actually a pretty, like, novel experience I'd say, where we were, yeah. we left the meeting being like, okay, there's some, like, Real deal, and did they know
1: who you guys were and like yeah. your artists? Yeah, and all yeah the rest we, of so right? in the
4: US, we got introed, we got the meeting arranged through our US distributor, the Orchard. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and we have, you know, as I said, good relationships with the people in Toronto because we do we deal with them directly, so they could kind of vouch for us to be like, Brooke and Noah aren't like weird, like, <laughs> get in yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. we're weird, yeah. but they won't know. drink all your <laughs> kombucha, <laughs> 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 they don't drink kombucha, yeah. But it's um,
3: also, like, I think one of the interesting things, like, we went in there playing a song from the new Frog Eyes record. Okay. And we're used to having to explain, like, you know, this will be the eighth album, like, kind of the the history. And the indie editor was like, oh, yeah, no, Frog Eyes, great. Like, lists all their contemporaries. Yeah, all
4: these, like, he's like, and oh, yeah, yeah like, Rose, Spurs, like, like, All right. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You got it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So it's, I mean, that's reassuring. And I think his background was in radio. so Yeah. He
4: was like a radio j- music journalist. Yeah. So, you you get in with these guys.
1: How much of your focus then, you know, given the what we just talked about, about, mm-hmm. like, where things are netting out in terms of, like, physical, which is, like, yeah. spotty, maybe?
3: Yeah. Uh, Distribution is
1: tough. Like, we still
3: do well with vinyl, and I think we're lucky because we've kind of been into vinyl since the get-go. Sure. And,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
3: I mean, it's still, it's, the profit margins are what they are. And, yep. But, yeah, it's we definitely spend a lot of time thinking about and pitching to our digital streaming services. But on the flip side, the the return isn't awesome. Like
1: on the digital. So that yeah. like mm-hmm. those
3: one million streams that Jonathan got, that mm-hmm. would equal out to approximately four thousand dollars. Okay. And like, yeah, you know, depending on the
4: caliber of like for a release like Jonathan, where it's not like we have like this crazy huge international PR spend. No, that's like four thousand dollars. We'll make a dent. But if you're thinking about an artist like Born Ruffians or the R.A.A. or like a Sam Roberts where we're hiring, like there's a lot of money going out to hopefully Mm -hmm. to just make people aware that this album exists. Yeah that's a small fraction of, like, the overall expense. Yeah, like,
1: it's hard for any, like, if you could imagine getting a $4,000 paycheck,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, which then has to be split between exactly. the label yeah. and the ban and depending on uh, whatever your arrangement is with that, so then yeah. it's fractions of that. By the time you get it, you're, you know, and I make this an analogy a lot, it's like you have a minimum wage job, which is consistently paying you, a certain amount of money, like yeah. you really have to not be in it for the money no. at that point, no. Oh, no. which is whatever. Like I mean, we're all in this for the same maybe like reasons overall. Yeah, it is, but it's it's tough for yeah, like you say. But if you have a diversified stream of income where you're selling digital or you're like streaming, uh,
4: does the actual paid downloads even factor in anymore, like Bandcamp or Bandcamp? Um, actually, yeah, yeah, we. We've had some good results with them for sure. Like Absolutely, we, yeah, Yamantaka yeah, mm-hmm. Sonic Titan, which we put out in March, they were the featured album of the day like uh-huh. around the release date, and that was crazy to see. Yeah. Like, just tons of sales came in from right, that. Right, right. Is that just
0: digital you're doing for yeah. Bandcamp? Are you making? Yeah, yeah. Are you doing good we've physical? We've got physical, sales? We've got there physical right.
4: up there, and so that I would say the majority of the physical sales are driven by our online shop and yeah. Like, yeah. our newsletter and all these things that have like. The, our reach, which has existed for 16 years and grown from there, but like the Bandcamp digital sales do still exist. iTunes, track iTunes sales, like, yeah, iTunes. I would say,
3: again, it's good with the established artists, doesn't really exist anywhere else, right? And soon to not exist, period. Yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so then, like, what, uh, like, what. What is actually then working for you guys? Because it's well, like it's <laughs>
4: a little bit of all of it. It's yeah. just like
1: cumulatively, it all kind of starts to add up. That you're, you have yeah. all these bigger things out, and and it starts to like accumulate to the point where uh, bands can start making a living, and you guys, you know, can make a living, yeah. and everybody can kind of move forward. Or
4: yeah, well, like it's again, not to just sound like a like <laughs> saying the same thing over and over, but like it is a sum of all parts thing. Whereas like Jonathan, I don't know if that song would have sold four thousand dollars worth of cds you know and so probably not yeah, no. yeah. yeah. and so i like objectively I objectively not probably yeah right? like yeah we just, for sure it's not gonna happen so i am <laughs> yeah. like i do see the benefits of streaming and how totally. it can like bring profile to an artist or it can bring income to an artist no matter how like small a fraction that is per stream yeah um it like that it was something that happened even like a couple months after the album had been out so yeah it it lends itself to that argument that like streaming in fact can extend campaigns that would otherwise just kind of be dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but it's like a combination of of all that stuff. Of but I would say for the label in Brook, this is your area. But like mm-hmm. the the aggregate of our catalog, sure, digitally because you guys have been
1: going for sixteen years. Yeah, we you still guys have a ton of catalog.
3: Totally, and you know, I mean, some of those are starting to run out too. So right, then that's right. an interesting time. Mm-hmm. It's like we're going to start seeing some of those revenue streams drop off. I see. But no, I think we're in a pretty good place in that as long as we keep that balance going of new artists and established artists, then we're kind of in a good cycle right now. And we're trying to establish those younger artists so that they do become the more established ones down the line. But yeah, I just think it is a, a tough time. And I don't think there is even really that, Middle ground of artists that people used to jump in and be like, "Okay, you're buzzy, like you got X, Y, and Z going for you. We're gonna jump in now and just run with it." I don't think that exists right now.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't think it exists either. And I actually was thinking, like, I was trying to think of like your contemporaries right now from like a label perspective, and like I used to be able to count like a dozen. Yeah. Now I'd be hard-pressed to name more than four or five that are still kind of going to the yep. degree that you guys are, like, putting out a ton of product and developing new bands. Like you said, that, that like, other labels at your size kind of aren't really focusing on development as much. No. Um, well, this was the thing, too, is, like, when, when Pleasant started,
0: within... A couple of years of each other, it was like telephone explosion had started. Right. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of smaller labels doing cassettes or vinyl, even yeah. digital, whatever in Toronto. And it occurred to me last year, like where, where all the new labels? I know. Inter- like, and this is leads yeah. me to my questions. Like, does it matter? Like, this is the sort of the question we want to ask you guys, and we're constantly asking <laughs> ourselves, yeah. what does it mean to be a label? Like, yeah.
3: well, I think it's an interesting question because we're being asked that constantly by artists. Is like. Not what is a label, but why do we need you? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because we're watching artists that are doing things successfully on their own, in quotations, like they have teams behind them. But, you know, Charlotte Day Wilson and Daniel Caesar and like there are shining examples that are doing really well. But I don't think there may be the exception to the rule. Right. In they that also have teams behind exactly. them. Exactly. Like Daniel
0: Caesar's not out there. No. And you that's mean, what a lot of... It's got like
4: five managers. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. what a lot of artists don't understand. Right. They're like, I can do it too. And it's like, you can... But do you want to? Because yeah. it's a lot of work. It's and a full time business. Yeah, there's yeah. a reason we exist, and there's a reason we do what we do. Because do you want to go into Spotify on your own and try and pitch yourself? And you know, it's listen, it's buddy, I can't get into Spotify. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. But that's exactly if it. James, it's if James <laughs> <laughs>
1: cannot, James from Pleasant Records can't get. I said, do you know who I am? I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> then I can't yeah, imagine yeah. if you're some indie li- musician off the street, they're yeah. not gonna mm-hmm. take your. I'll give you the time of the day
0: well that yeah. is that you know?
1: is what i tell people too yeah. i said you should focus
0: on being an artist and, and, and that's the yeah, advantage totally
4: right? and yeah. i also feel as i said earlier like you want I, I see the value in team and like as you as an artist can only devote so much time in your day to what it is you do and you always as an artist have to respect the idea that there are people that work like the suits the industry side <laughs> that are thinking as much about how to like disseminate music as you are on how to create music and the like if you align yourself with the right side of that establishment the ceiling for your success goes up Mm -hmm. but if you try to do it on your own you're gonna hit that ceiling probably pretty quickly and plateau and then be like oh shit i was wrong about this like you're gonna burn out yeah 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 Yeah. unless you get really lucky
3: and it it can just be so detrimental to an artist i think to have to be on that side of things it's like and you don't think
4: about your art that way.
3: Yeah. You yeah. don't want to have to look behind the curtain and be like, oh, people, you know, I have to pitch it in this way or I have to be more commercial in this way or whatever it is. You right. just don't want to have to go through that.
1: Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because I have to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I one of the one of the things that like with Trevor, who is not here in the room, so I'm yep. going to ask you to speak for Trevor. Uh, I, I do it all the time. You <laughs> do it all the time, I imagine. Um Five years ago, I was. I'd kind of come out with uh, an analysis. Mm-hmm. I was a sociology prof, so yeah. research was in my blood. And so I really wanted to understand why Mammoth Cave was cut out from the funding game mm-hmm. uh, to the degree that uh, we did a an, an similar analysis for Pleasance last year and was determined basically like there's that door is not going to ever open for us, right? And that's a hard thing for us to hear because we are putting all of our own money in sustaining and we can't really it's difficult to get over the hump without mm-hmm. yeah. uh the funding and I know just because of public records that Paperbag has done reasonably well at getting funding for your mm-hmm. artists and and one of the things that at the time I didn't really understand that I understand more now just age and <laughs> you know learning more about the system as it works was yeah. there was a global mail article that talked about the my critique of factor funding
2: sure.
1: that Trevor was quoted in and saying basically like, Yeah, I wish it was our money. It comes in, it comes out. Like I'm paraphrasing right now, but yeah. this money doesn't, it's not my money. Yeah. I'm we're getting money on behalf of the artists that we're servicing. We yeah. happen to be working with kind of a, a larger tier artist. So there's a lot of money going around for touring and other things. He didn't say all of that stuff, but that's basically yep. kind of what it is. Yep. Right. So uh no awkwardness at all. No. Just like how much of a role does funding still play for you? Pay, play for uh, Paper Bag, and does does it? Is there a point where you see that kind of future looking shadier, or like what's that world looking like, if if you will? Like yeah,
3: future? I mean, I think I can confidently say on behalf of any of our label peers in the Canadian music industry that none of us would exist without funding of right yeah now. like that just is what it is but um i don't know we're in an interesting position like we definitely do benefit a ton from grants mm-hmm. um and you know factor omf star maker all the above but we actually don't qualify for one level of the grant system at the mech level okay which most of the other contemporaries of ours do like Arts and crafts, dine alone. That's
0: sure. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: and that's like, you know, tallying up sales. What for... is the mech?
1: Sorry.
0: So Mountain I actually. Co-op. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we we can't go afford get membership. camping supplies. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's really hard yeah. right now. I so... actually,
3: I do forget what it stands for because we don't, I mean, we don't get money from that. Yeah. So, so, so it's like, why would you? Yeah. But um, you do have to qualify on a sales basis. It's like a three year period worth of sales and you have to uh-huh. reach a certain point. And we've never reached that. Right. And
1: probably with the focus of developing artists where you're just not going to ever unless you get lucky and win the lottery with a new artist. Totally.
3: Um, So, yeah, we're one tier down from that. But I, I do think that keeps us within a good spending limit. Like, yes, you know, we can apply to the OMF every year, the Ontario Music Fund for as much as we want, but it doesn't benefit us. Like if we got half a million, we're screwed if we have to try and spend that because you're matching it. It's not free money. Right, 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 right. And I think that's the common misconception, even with artists as well, is they're like, well, it's free money. It's like, no, no, like we're-
1: You have to spend that money to get that money back. And and often it takes months for that money to come back. Yeah, so So. there's that
3: cash flow thing again. And again, it's like- that the other side of that that's not covered by a grant is partially being split in terms of debt for them you know like it's still going against an artist's account so yeah yeah it's it's an interesting perception of how it all works yeah um but yeah
1: and that was always my thing is like i don't understand why it's such a like like they're they have information about how it works Mm -hmm. But it's very dense, and it's like y- there's no explainers, there's no one really no. teaching you. And especially if you don't live in Toronto, yeah. we don't yeah. have the benefit of peer learning. Yeah. Then. You know, I remember Factor sent a guy out once for like a like a beer hang for people to come <laughs> learn about Factor. And it was the most <laughs> useless thing ever. Cause it was like, yeah. Well, you know, you can sign up for this. And it was like, Yeah, I know we can sign up for it. But yeah. we keep getting they keep close saying no. Yeah. Feel like what are we doing wrong? Up at the office yeah. oh, uh, uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like so yeah. I well, don't know. It's
3: even interesting. I recently signed up to be a juror for Factor. So okay. like doing the juried sound. Yes recordings and it's interesting to be on the other side of it and see what people are submitting and you know the amount of time they recommend to go through it and you know anyone could go through and click and you know be like "Eh, you know i listened to two seconds and didn't like this and give it all zeros or something and like people are putting a lot of work into that and i I trust that most people aren't doing it that way it obviously works in some way or another but uh yeah it's just it's funny to be on the other side cuz we're you know we've kind of been vetted to a point that we're guaranteed a certain amount of money provided we do what we do properly sure but for the people actually putting in a cold application like that's hard work and
1: yeah and then yeah. you get the no and it's like you don't get the no for months and then mm-hmm. it's like well they said the reason I remember one no I got very distinctly, which is like, uh, you were like point two seven like um, away from getting this grant, and it one of the jurors said you didn't enclose in- in- the lyric sheet, and oh. it was like, but I it's there though, like oh. you guys should see that it's there. So why are you allowing that juror to like keep yeah. me from this funding mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they didn't pay enough attention, and then it's nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So like that's yeah. like the like. I, I think accidentally, I didn't realize when I had set that off that it would untap this like torrent of emotion right. from people. Sure. Right, that I certainly wasn't prepared for. <laughs> yeah, and no, you know, neither I think was 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 Factor because Factor's point of view at the time was, well, you can, we're not just gonna give people money who are just picking up a guitar.
3: Sure. For the first
1: time, and and funding them to go on tour, like no no one is freaking saying that at all either. No, there's this whole other class of musicians and labels that are not in that system. And Mm
4: -hmm. well, but at the same time, and I wasn't a paperback 16 years ago, but like when you think about when you how much has changed, right? Yeah, the the CD era. Yeah, and the first records were like broken social scene and stars like that. Boom! Right off the top, you're like, okay, I think this label has something. Things are (laughs) going. Yeah, exactly. And and so. I don't, but I don't know what the equivalent is. Well, like Mint is had Master Romantic from New Pornographers. Right, right. Yeah. You know Think what I mean? Like
1: all of these guys have, have yeah. one of these huge things in the era of HMVs in every yeah. mall yeah. across yeah. Canada yeah. Yeah. where you could blow through 20,000 CDs in a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And no, streaming. No, no streaming. No other way. Streaming. way to get yeah. Yeah. And CDs are like $30. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to fucking, so yeah. it's a dollar unit cost. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, but then in a way, they're still expecting you to kind of like, meet that criteria without having that support to Yeah, add, and I do yeah. think that I'm not asking you guys co- to atone no, for but no, no. I think it's a good
4: point and it's a it's a it's a reasonable criticism and I do think it's based on conversations I've had that it's one that they're wanting to address more. Well, and they've
1: been saying that to us yeah. though for yeah. like 5 years that it's changing and yeah. every time yeah. we heard last year they were changing it mm-hmm. to open up a door for smaller labels and it's just like it oh but you still have to have your sound scan numbers, right? And it's like the bands we are working with, like, you Shit. expect them to, yeah. like, fax in the sound scan <laughs> report after yeah. the night at the bar, their bar manager yeah. signs yeah. off yeah. on it. It's just never going to fucking happen. For no. sure. Which is that, and they're going, well, you're not being professional, so, you, you know, you're not going to get access. Yeah. It, so, whatever. It's, <laughs> I think yeah.
3: something has to change, I, but I also don't know what the answer is. It's like, what are those markers right now of... Sure. Yeah. Success and or professionalism or, And
4: then when you think about like factor, for instance, like these are like tax dollars that like they are on their side, they've gotta be able to make a case to like taxpayers and, and to government. And profitability, right? Yeah, like of course to, to like the convince, money to come back in some yeah. way. And and so I can sort of understand from that side where they're like these are the Like, politicians and bureaucrats are not music industry personnel. We we operate a bit differently. But they still need us to behave in the system in in ways that they understand, it seems.
0: Whenever you get an institution like this, too, that's been doing what it's been doing for so long, it's like trying to stop a a train, basically, right? You can slow it down or talk to it yeah but it's, it's going to keep We're going talking. yes that train yeah which is what paul's been doing and yeah. <laughs> it has yeah, I I, yeah i mean forgetting the lyric sheets yeah
1: i'm doing my best to like not make this podcast about funding so i sure it's yeah. okay. like no no i mean how often do i get yeah, you this guys who Canada. have done so yeah what do you have on staff like a grant writer type person or how does
3: yes kind of I mean, we didn't hire her Brianna who works with us. She came from a grant writing company.
1: Oh wow. Okay.
3: Which was a perk, but not necessarily what we were looking for. Because she
1: had the skills and uh, did it just all. The exactly. Time. She had yeah.
3: the yeah, she knew the language, you know. So it's like this
4: is what factor is, and you didn't have to explain to her uh, okay, bro so bro bro factor right, is right. a good government. Yeah. yeah she was yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, I know factor. Yeah. Like, oh cool.
0: I hired a grant writer once and all they did was just write Grant Lawrence fan mail. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Boo. That's a
2: free uh, <laughs> region. okay film. that's gonna yeah, cut out good. i'm sorry all right so
1: so paper bag you guys are doing a ton of cool shit um it, am i right because i live in leslieville and i go to a tiny record shop a yeah. lot oh, yeah
3: Does yeah. that Have you, you guys seen some of our albums of the month there or i've or, uh, seen them often <laughs> it's like we know the owner how is how does that
1: uh what is the the relationship between paper bag and tiny record oh, shop because yeah. And if that even something we can talk about oh, at yeah. all? Oh, like, yeah. Because I heard that it was to... related to you guys, and I always see your records on display. But... It's a very <laughs> tiny record
0: shop. I think it uh, is. Do you work <laughs> there
3: sometimes? No. No. But, okay, <laughs> no. There's, okay. I like that perception, though. That's good. All right. Um. No. So Trevor, who owns Paper Bag, owns Tiny Record Shop. I see. And... Yeah, so it's his venture. So obviously, again, we know the owner, and there's a little nepotism there in terms of the albums of them. I <laughs> fair, yeah. he hooks yeah. us up. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah.
4: depressing. I mean, Trev's working retail again. Yeah, uh... we got to catch him on his <laughs> lunch <laughs> break, you know. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's really like they're separate companies. Like, I we, see. It's not like and a paper thing. kind of like
1: as you guys are running the label. Yeah. he's focused on Tiny Record Shop and building the business totally. Yeah, in that way. That's but it's
3: been it's been a really great opportunity for us to learn kind of the retail side of things in certain ways yes. where you know he's seeing everyone sell sheets and mm-hmm, right, you know he's seeing right. a different side of it and what the markups are and it's just it's some interesting insight for us and he'll bring things in sometimes we're like yeah whatever but <laughs> right. yeah
4: like in like trev is a crazy vinyl expert it's Yeah, insane yeah. and yeah he, well, that's why I like that record store. I know it's yeah. just it's the a mo- museum. Like, like, you're like a for the heads, like that's
1: yeah, the man. place you go. And totally. it's like this it's Japanese nuts. press yeah. of never mind that it's, it's like crazy. this weird third print. You don't even know the thing existed. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. incredibly well curated. It yeah. really yes. is,
4: and he's so passionate about it, and definitely tries to bring that like yeah uh passion to like the way we do our vinyl. Like now we do ob strips, and yeah, like, yeah. You know, there's yeah, all yeah, these yeah, little yeah. things because he's seeing that. Yeah, like we do all this stuff on the label side and then you hope something ends up in a sh- in a shop and people are like, I will buy that, thank you, transaction's over. Like, that's, you're seeing both ends now. It's yeah, like the sure. setup and the final thanks for coming out. kind yeah. of. Yeah,
3: and I think it's a really interesting thing. Like, you talking about the curation of the shop, like, that started with the label. He, like, I think he's done an amazing job throughout the years of curating a really interesting label roster and sure. then he took that to his shop and mm-hmm, continues right. it there, so they're connected in that's that way cool. as
1: well yeah i love the
0: tiny record shop <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. i feel like there's been a million new record stores that
1: open in toronto yeah over mm-hmm. the past years or so yeah tiny well, records just, being on, the going east, on. just yeah. being on the east end there's not a lot of options and True, it's the yeah. one place that it just happens it, it's also on my commute home so that's perfect useful, yeah useful so all right um what else is like y- what are you guys excited about in the next year coming up like what is coming out with paper bag or the things that you're working on that are
4: like like keep you kind of like into doing it
3: yeah a great question
4: yeah we there's a there's at least one new signing that Mm -hmm. we've got in the works that we're very excited about uh it goes back to our initial conversation about like how we sign things and this Mm -hmm. was one of the artists were like the moment each of us heard it we were like whoa boy we got a get on this oh, so it's titillating yeah. yes yeah and it's not from toronto it's <laughs> yeah. From oh, West. yeah all right yeah right? perfect yes
3: but it's also a rare case where we haven't seen this artist perform live yeah uh-huh. so. oh that is well I. I really are you wait, on does,
0: will you see this artist perform we live? will
3: yeah yes. it's we've seen some footage okay mm-hmm. so uh-huh. they do perform live they do they totally, yeah, perform yeah live. they're able to play it's the not the yeah. yodeling kid <laughs> no no i got a soft spot for that kid yeah
1: well, yeah. okay. I'll, <laughs> no I'll, I will say though, <laughs> there was a band performing in Saskatoon that I saw on a friend's Instagram mm-hmm. story, and I wanted to sign them off of the fucking Instagram story because oh, it that's sounded interesting. this sounds amazing, and everybody's yeah. going off, and you can see the room
2: responding to it. That was a great
0: uh-huh. day too because he kept trying to show me the Instagram story, <laughs> but it had disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, whatever. You grabbed this band? it doesn't exist. Saskatoon
1: is the new hotspot.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love Saskatoon.
4: Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've never. Been
1: um. So okay, that's 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 good. So you guys yeah. have new artists. You're going new
4: artists. There's actually some cool um, paper bag vintage titles that Kay. we're mm-hmm. like hopefully gonna be reissuing. That's Anything like you could awesome spill the beans on? Not yet. No. No. Yeah. No. Okay. 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 That's, that's fair. Cool Trying to yeah. get that juicy yeah. nice. stuff. Yes. <laughs> <Nice laughs> I know you yeah. first. We'll I said at the after. beginning of Are this, we're here? not journalists.
0: People, we ask questions. People say no. We're like, fine. Whatever.
1: And I guess, I guess, like, what would you say to? A a tiny label like ourselves Mm -hmm. who are just like, we have a lot of gusto, but Mm -hmm. not a lot of strategy sometimes. Uh, Mostly because we're completely overwhelmed. Yeah.
4: Well, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's why we're all here. Yeah. Because we're rich. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Filthy rich.
3: So,
1: okay, cool. Well, like, uh, I think that that seems like a logical place to wrap up. Any last bits of advice or anything else that you think needs to be said on the Pleasance podcast?
3: <laughs> we went through I yeah, I don't know. You covered a lot of topics. Awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks you th- you so much for coming. Yeah. This yeah. Thank you Super. For having thanks for having this was us. a lot of fun. This is um, great. We will be around in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to the Pleasants Record Podcast, and we're gonna play the new Whim song. single, but the new whims single. Okay. Great. Ooh, Check it out. Nice. Thank you.